Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Please let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We commit ourselves to you this morning and we ask that Lord you will speak to us. We pray that Holy Spirit you will open up our hearts to your word and cause us to experience you in ways we have never experienced you. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. This morning we are speaking about he who wins a soul is wise. He who wins or she who wins a soul is wise. And we are taking a verse from Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30 which says that the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. But he who wins a soul is wise. He who wins a soul is wise. This morning I'll be looking at our topic under three main sub-themes. First, I want us to look at the meaning of soul winning. And then secondly, we shall look at the motivation for soul winning. And finally, we shall look at the means or the methodology of soul winning. So first, we are looking at the meaning of soul winning. Then we'll look at the motivation for soul winning. And then we shall look at the means. How do we win souls? And become wise. But before I do that, let's open our Bibles to Second Kings. Second Kings chapter 7. I'm reading from verse 6. Second Kings chapter 7, I'm reading from verse 6. It says, For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses. And a great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired Hittites and Egyptians to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkey. They left the camp and as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. They ate and drank and carried away silver, gold, clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid also. Verse 9. Then they said to one another, We are not doing right. This day is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait till daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us at once report this to the royal palace. So they went and called out to the city gatekeeper and told him, We went into the camp and not a man was there, not a sound of anyone. Only tattered horses, donkeys and the tents left just as they were. May the Lord add his blessings to his word and cause it to bless us in Jesus name Amen we are looking at he who wins a soul is wise soul winning is the passion of God it is the reason why he sent Jesus Christ 
left his throne above and came down so that we can be saved. Unfortunately, the attitude of the church in this 21st century towards souls is very, very sad. I want to read to you a story that captures the attitude of souls or the attitude of the church to souls. Please listen patiently as I read this story to you. Is that now it came to pass that a group existed who called themselves fishermen. And lo, there were many fishes in the water all around. In fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lakes filled with fish. And the fish were very hungry. Week after week, month after month, and year after year, these who called themselves fishermen met in meetings and talked about their call to fish, the abundance of fish, and how they might go about fishing. Yet, year after year, they carefully defined what fishing means, defended fishing as an occupation, and declared fishing is always to be the primary task of the fisherman. Continually they search for new and better methods of fishing. For new and better definitions of fishing. Further, they said, the fishing industry exists. As fire exists for fishing, as fire exists by burning. They loud slogans as fishing is a task of every fisherman. Every fisherman is a fisher. A fisherman's output for every fisherman's club. They sponsor special meetings called Fishermen to Fish. They sponsored costly nationwide, worldwide congress to discuss fishing and to promote fishing and to hear all about fishing. These fishermen built large buildings called fishing headquarters. The plea was that everyone should be a fisherman and every fisherman should fish. One thing they did not however do was to fish. In addition to meeting regularly, they organized boats to send out fishermen to places where there are many fishes. All the fishermen seemed to agree that what is needed is a board that could challenge fishermen to faithful fishing. The board was formed by those who had great vision and courage to speak about fishing. But what the board did not do is that they also did not fish. Those who taught courses in their fishing schools had great degrees in physiology. They taught them the psychological reaction of fish. They declared that everybody must fish. But what these teachers did not also do is to fish. Imagine how heads some of them were when one day a person suggested that those who do not catch fish were not really fishermen. No matter how they claimed to be fishermen. Yet it sounded correct. Is a person a fisherman year after year if he never catches a fish. And it's one truly following Jesus 
if he doesn't follow Jesus to win souls. Friends, I want you to understand that the primary task of every believer is soul winning. The primary task of every believer is soul winning. Yet, statistics tells us that the average Christian will not lead a person to faith until they die. I want to ask you a question. When was the last time you led someone to Jesus? When was the last time you spoke to a friend about Jesus Christ? I know many of us can speak passionately about football teams. Many can speak passionately about the new dress in town. But when was the last time, dear friend, you were broken over souls? Churches can organize all nights to pray for breakthrough in finances. But when was the last time we as a church organized a prayer meeting, a prayer vigil to pray for the salvation of souls? There is a complacency about soul winning in our generation. But I want you to understand that for every soul in this world, there is a great contention. There is a great contention over every soul. Friends, on the one side is our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the soul, who has laid down his life to rescue souls. On the other hand, is the accuser of the brethren, the destroyer of the souls of men, the devil, struggling to take as many souls with him to hell. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 12 verse 12, it says, Woe to you inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has come down with great wrath because he knows his time is short. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 14 says, Therefore, hell has enlarged itself and opened its mouth wide beyond measure. Satan is aggressive to take as many souls with him to hell as possible. Jesus has done whatever it takes to ensure that no soul will be lost. Friends, on each side are agents. Jesus has his own agents. The devil has his own agents. You see, I am not talking about angels. I am not talking about demons. It is not to angels Jesus has committed the great commission. In fact, the Bible says angels long to look into the, the pains of salvation. I am amazed that when God wanted to save the house of Cornelius, the Bible says an angel appeared to him and told him to go and look for Peter to come and tell him how he would be saved. I thought that an angel from heaven would have told Cornelius how to be saved. But he has to send Cornelius to Peter for Peter to come and tell them how to be saved. God hasn't committed the great commission to angels. It is to you and I. Hallelujah. We are the agents of Christ to ensure that people will come to the saving knowledge 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we mean by soul winning. Introducing someone to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. While the church may be relaxed, while Christians may be relaxed in their soul winning venture, I want you to understand that Satan and his agents are not sleeping at all. Satan and his agents are not sleeping at all. Satan has agents on our university campuses. And their aim is to ensure that very few people make it to heaven. They are around us. Some of them are in our rooms, lecturers. Their aim is to ensure that you will not make it to heaven. Now, let me tell you something. They are not very bad people. They may be very loving people. They may be very polite, well-dressed people all around us. But their aim is to ensure that you will not be as passionate to God as you used to be. Now, let me tell you. There were some of you, you used to be very passionate back at home. In your fervency to God. You used to be very committed to the cause of Christ. Until you came to campus. And Satan planted an agent around you. And the aim has been to distract you. So that you will lose sight of where your soul will spend eternity. And give focus onto this life which is passing away. Friends. Satan has his agents around us. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 16 tells us. He says they do not sleep until they have done evil. Their sleep is taken away from them until they have caused someone to fall. The kingdom of darkness is working aggressively to ensure that those who are not saved remains unsaved. And those who are saved will fall out of their faith. And yet, Jesus Christ is confident in you and I that this great commission, this salvation of souls, will occur. And I know that tonight, this morning, God will revive our passing for souls. The Lord will revive our passing for souls so that we can reach out to the people who are perishing all around us. The attitude of the church sometimes towards soul winning is what we see in the text I read. 2 Kings chapter 7, when you read from verse 6. There were four leprous men sitting at the gates of Samaria. The Arameans had put Samaria under siege. The Bible said, these leprous men stood up one night and said, there is hunger in the town because we have heard that mothers are eating their own sons. If you read chapter 6, the Bible says as the king was walking on the wall, one woman cried and said, help me. He said, what is the issue? He said, this woman said to me, let's eat my son and tomorrow we will eat your son. We ate my son and she has hidden her son. There was hunger to the point that mothers were eating their children. And yet, there were four leprous men at the gates. The Bible said, these four leprous men at the gates 
were there and they said if we stay here we will die if we go into the city we will die all die be die we have to arise by all means and go somewhere and the bible says they stood up that night and started moving towards the camp of the arameans but as they were moving four leprous men outcasts the lord magnified their footsteps the Arameans started hearing the sounds of horses and chariots and started running away for their own lives. When these four leprous men arrived in the camp, the first thing they found was bread and they ate and they were satisfied. We are like those four leprous men. You see, leprous men were outcasts. They could not join the people in the community the bible says there was a time when we were not a people we were separated from the commonwealth of israel but god in his mercy reached us by a miracle and you and i got saved and by god's grace he fed us with the bread of life they ate physical bread we have eaten the bread of life and we know that there are people in the city eating their children you and I know there are people who are just feeding on alcohol you and I know there are people feeding on cigarettes you and I know roommates who do not sleep in a room you and I know there are people around us who are destroying their lives we have found bread we have found that there is bread in the camp will we arise this morning and go and tell somebody I know where there is bread I know where you can find Jesus I came to announce to you there is bread for your life the Bible said no instead of these people after they were satisfied running to the camp running to the city and telling them that look we have found bread they started gathering silver and gold I wonder where they were going to use them leprous men leprous men gathering silver and gold where were they going to use that silver and gold and I see the church we have fed ourselves with the bread of life there is somebody outside there who hasn't even heard the gospel once yet every Sunday we are being preached the gospel we've heard the gospel 365 times in a year and yet there is somebody around you who hasn't heard the gospel and so the Bible said the people arose and said we are not doing right tonight is a night of good news why do we allow people to perish when we have the secret oh let's arise and go to the town and I see somebody arising and saying today is a day of good news my roommate must be saved my friend must be saved that brother must be saved I am arising to go and tell them I know where you can find eternal life we are not doing right is the day of good news why stay until we perish friends God has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation after he has saved us 2 Corinthians chapter 5 
verse 17 says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. But verse 18 says that all this is from God who has reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciliation. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them and has committed to us the message of reconciliation. The Bible says it is as though God were making his appeal through us. Be reconciled to God in the name of Jesus. I pray that the anointed for the ministry of reconciliation will rest upon us a passing for souls in the name of Jesus. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We have the message of reconciliation. I was talking to a group of people the other time and we were talking about soul winning and one of them told me, he says, when I try to share Jesus with people, I feel I'm forcing my, my faith on them. I'm, I'm forcing my faith on them. So I'm not comfortable talking to others about Jesus. Then I said, oh really? When you found the cure for coronavirus, you are telling me that if you give it to people, that will be forcing your preferences on them so they should die. He says, no, 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 no. If I found a key of coronavirus, I will announce that people will be saved. And I said, we have found something which is more powerful than coronavirus. We have found Jesus. The savior of the soul. The blood of Jesus is the vaccine for the infection, the virus of the human soul. Only the blood of Jesus can cleanse the human soul and save them. And you and I have the answer to the challenge and the problems around us. If it takes me to force a drug which will cure someone on them, let me be accused as a wicked man. I will force it on them. I will persuade men because there is no other way outside Jesus Christ. Secondly, I want us to look at 10 reasons why you must win a soul. 10 reasons why you must win a soul. Why must you win a soul? Why must you win a soul? Number one, because the soul is very precious. You must win a soul because the soul is very precious. In Matthew chapter 16, the verse 26, Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? It is a profit and loss question we did when we were in GHS. When you have gained the whole world, the gold mines, the diamond mines, the bauxite mines, the mansions, the cars. When you gain the whole world and you put it on one scale and you pick the soul of a person and you put it on the other scale, the soul will outweigh all the treasures of this world. Dear friends, 
what can a man gain when he gains the whole world and lose his soul I came to announce to you that a lost soul is a very great loss we must win souls because the soul is so precious I came to announce that if you were the only soul needing redemption Jesus will still have come and gone through every single thing he went through so that you can be saved. God is concerned about the value of one soul. How do I know that? The Bible said, how many of you when you are suffered and you have hundred sheep and one gets lost, you won't leave the 99 and go in search for the one. And when you have found the one sheep, you carry it on your neck and you come and you say, friends, join me to celebrate for I have found my sheep that was lost. If you were the only one soul that was lost, Jesus will still has come for you because your soul is precious to him. Hallelujah. You see, the value of something is often determined by the price you are willing to pay for it. When God wanted to save your soul, he didn't call, he had, he had millions of angels. He didn't call one angel and sacrifice him for your soul. God had an only son. And when it was time to save your soul, the Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Your soul is precious to God. Dear friends, and I pray that today souls around you will be precious to you because they are precious to God. God sent his only son to die for these souls. Why must we win souls? Because the soul is precious. Secondly, why must we win souls? Because the soul is eternal. The soul is eternal. What I mean by eternal means that the soul will live on forever and ever. When Jesus comes again, there are only two things that are going to remain. Matthew 24 verse 35 says heaven and earth will pass away. In fact, the heavens will pass away. The earth will be rolled like a mat. But the Bible said, my word will not pass away. There are only two things that will remain at the end of time the word of God and the souls of men it is wisdom to put the eternal word into the eternal soul so that people can be saved listen the soul lives on forever the sad news is that the soul lives on forever either with Christ in eternal joy or the soul lives on forever with the devil in an eternal Christless fire. There are people who are going around and saying that when a soul falls into hell it disappears. Jesus said where they are tormented day and night and their torment never comes to an end. Your friend, your brother, your sister who doesn't know Christ, when they die, they will go to an eternal fire which will be there forever. Dear friends, we must win souls because the soul is eternal. 
the soul is eternal that is why it takes the eternal blood of Jesus to be able to redeem the soul angels cannot redeem your soul because their blood is not eternal it takes the eternal blood the bible calls him the blood of the eternal covenant to redeem your eternal soul from domination and hell we must win souls because the soul is eternal thirdly we must win souls because it is the reason why jesus came Luke 19 verse 10 he said for the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost Mark 10 45 even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many the reason why Jesus came is to save souls and if we are following him we too must be passionate about your soul. You may be here this morning and your soul is not saved. I want you to know it was because of your soul. He left his father's throne above, came and people were spitting on him. Oh Jesus endured. He endured because he knew your soul must be saved. Sometimes I, I wonder how he took it. If you've ever lived with people who drink you know that when they drink the night before, the next morning when they speak, even if there is any virus around you, it can kill them. And we are told that the dawn when they caught Jesus and in the morning, these soldiers who had been drinking and all that, they would roll out spits and spit into his face. And he will still say, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. Why? Because he sees that when he has gone through the travail of his pains, your soul will be saved. Jesus came to save souls. We must win souls. Hallelujah. The fourth reason why we must win souls is that there are souls all around us that are ripe. All around us souls are ripe for harvest i'm not the one saying it jesus was the one saying it you know in his conversation with a samaritan woman the bible says in the book of uh, john chapter 4 when you read from verse 34 going he said do you not say that it is until four months before the harvest he says look around you vast fields of human souls are ready for harvest vast fields of human souls i know that sometimes when you see people with bad dressing you just look at them and condemn them you look at them and say ah this person i don't even think they are believers but i i want you to understand that when jesus looks at the same person he does not just see a body he sees a soul that will spend eternity somewhere and therefore jesus is always moved by compassion to reach out to them every human being you see is a soul who will spend eternity somewhere they will spend eternity somewhere and many of these souls are hungry one of my fathers in the Lord was traveling to the US 
on the airplane there was an Indian woman sitting near her and this man introduced himself that my name is so and so and I'm a Christian and the woman said wow you are a Christian all my life I've been wanting to see a Christian please can you tell me how to be saved tell me that soul is not right you know sometimes you are approaching people to share the gospel and they are frowning and you too you begin to frown your roommate their soul is hungry for life and yet they frown satan makes them frown and you instead of smiling and dissolving their frowns you too you say if she frowns i'll frown you are not serious about souls i pray that this morning god will give us an eye for the soul You don't know you are a missionary in your room. You are an ambassador. I remember the day I was traveling from the US to Ghana. And you know those uh, forms you must fill. I wrote on it. No occupation. I wrote ambassador. And when I got to the man, he asked me, oh, please, which, which country are you an ambassador? I said, the whole world. And he said, it is not possible. You are an ambassador to one. I said, no. In this kingdom, you can be an ambassador to one town, one, one, one nation. But for me, I'm an ambassador of Christ. And the earth, the whole earth, the whole earth is my outpost. I am an ambassador of Christ. We are ambassadors. We are missionaries for Christ. So, we must win so because the soul is precious because the soul is eternal because it is the reason Jesus came we must win souls because all around us souls are ripe for harvest the fifth reason why we must win souls is that we must win souls because time is short as I'm talking to you now somebody has just slipped into eternity every second somebody passes into eternity and eternity has only two destinations either they are going to a place of eternal bliss or they are going to a place of eternal torment friends every moment people around you are passing away just last Saturday no two Saturdays from yesterday so it's a period of one week one of our missionaries in our church he's from South Korea we organized a program where my head pastor went to meet him and they were interacting and they, they did a presentation together only on Saturday one week after we were called that the guy has passed he has passed, he's gone he's gone every moment someone is slipping into eternity Ephesians 5 verse 16 says do not be unwise but wise redeeming the times because the days are dangerous. Time is short and one second one second after a person slips into eternity it is irreversible. No amount of prayer to Holy Mary no amount of prayer by the Pope no amount of prayer by any circumference bishop 
can bring back a lost soul one second after a person dies the good news is no longer good news in fact one second after a person slips into eternity if they know and they realize that ah I could have been saved it would have been too late you don't have all time you see the gospel is eternal the word of God will never pass away but you do not have the, the you do not have forever to believe the word of God you now have time while you are still alive while you are still alive to pass on the gospel to another person when you have died it is over it is over we must win souls because time is short we must win souls because it brings glory to God it brings glory to God John 15 verse 8 in this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit and that your fruit shall abide one of the fruit the believer can bear and present to God Lord this year this is my first fruit this year this is my best fruit is that when we have won souls we present them to God John chapter 15 verse 8 in this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit and the fruit the believer is to bear one of them is the, the souls of men the souls of men we must win souls number 6 because we will be rewarded for it we will be rewarded for winning souls First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19 speaks about a special crown for soul winners. It is called the crown of rejoicing. The crown of rejoicing. The apostle Paul asked the people in Thessalonica are you not my crown of rejoicing when I appear before Christ in heaven we will not all be the same. There will be people wearing crowns because here on earth they placed down their lives they went far and near to bring people into the kingdom. We shall be rewarded. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 it says and the righteous shall shine like the sun and those who turn others unto righteousness will be like the firmament forever and ever we will be glorious in heaven we will be rewarded in heaven when you see a soul winner you know you know them by their crowns and you know them by the glory they radiate they will shine like the firmament forever and ever. Why must we win souls? We must win souls because we are accountable for the human soul. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 18. Son of man, if I tell a wicked man he will die and you warn him, I will not require his blood from you. But if I tell a wicked man he will die in a sense if he doesn't repent and you do not tell them, he will surely die. But I will require his blood from you. And then I, anytime I quote that verse, people tell me, but that's the Old Testament. So I take them to Acts chapter 20. The verse 26 and 27 and the apostle Paul was talking and said that I am innocent of each of your blood because I did not cease to tell you day and night that you must be saved. It is a New Testament concept. You are responsible for souls. You know some of you, you have quarreled with your roommates. 
all of them you have quarreled with all of them but let me tell you something you have to give accounts of the people God placed around you so go and reconcile with them and win their souls for Christ hallelujah why must we win souls we must win souls because it gives joy to heaven Luke chapter 15 the verse 7 and verse 10 it says heaven rejoices when one soul turns from sin and repents heaven rejoices I want to get to heaven and will be recognized as someone who allowed heaven to have a lot of parties because I sent many souls there. I pray that this morning God will give somebody a desire to want to send joy to heaven, celebration to heaven. We must win souls because our soul winning gives joy to heaven. How many have we done so far? We've done nine. Finally, we must win souls because it is not God's wish that any should be lost. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9. He says, God is not slow towards you. But he is slow because he does not want anyone to perish but for all to come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is patient with us. I hear people foolishly saying, even if Jesus were sitting on a tortoise, wouldn't he have arrived by now? That was what one of my lecturers on campus used to say. You people say Jesus is coming. But the other day Peter says they forget that in the days of Noah, God's patient waited for a hundred years as Noah was building the ark as Noah was warning that generation until one day the floods came and took all of them away God is patient because he doesn't want that friend to be lost God is patient because he doesn't want your soul to be lost God is patient because he doesn't want any of us to be lost because the price has been paid you must win souls now finally we have seen that soul winning is introducing someone to the savior of the soul we have seen reasons why we must win souls but now the real question is how do we go about winning souls there are three things I want to present to you. To win souls, we need vision, intercession, and proclamation. We need vision. We need intercession. And we need preaching the good news. Vision. There are certain things you must see about a soul if you are going to reach out to them. The human soul is not like just when a, a person dies, it's not like as if a goat is, is dead. The human soul is very valuable. I've shown you that the human soul is so precious. The preciousness of the human soul is what will make you 
endure hardship to be able to tell them about Jesus. Because you see, in so winning, people will insult you. But if you know that it is for a worthy cause, people know that when they go and steal, they can kill them, they can arrest them, yet they still go and steal because for them, what they can get out of stealing is so precious. But I came to announce to you that there is something more precious than, than, than anything in this world. It is the human soul. Do you see the human soul as so precious? That which is able to pull Christ from heaven is so precious. The Bible says, for you were not saved by with corruptible things like silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish the soul is precious you need vision you must see souls as God sees them otherwise you will not act towards them as God acts towards them secondly not only must you see the preciousness of the soul you must also see the helplessness of the soul helplessness of the soul friends you know no matter how energetic, handsome, rich people are on the outside, their souls, if it's not saved, is so helpless. Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3 says, The soul of the unbeliever is dead in trespasses and in sin. How helpless can a dead person be? There was one time I was called. That one of our leaders in our church was dead. This was a very rich man. When I went to the mortuary to go and see his body. Look, before he died, when you see him dress, you know that this is a rich man. Decent and rich. But when I went to see him, they had laid him there in his boxes. He's so helpless. He's dead. A dead person can do nothing. Not only that, the soul is lost. So imagine a person who is dead and lost. Not only that, the soul is actually enslaved by Satan. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 If our gospel is veiled is veiled unto unbelievers whom the God of this world Satan has blinded their eyes so that they cannot see the glorious gospel of the light of Christ they've been blinded they've been enslaved by the devil now let me ask you let's assume you go out there you see a person who is blind helpless lost if you do not have passion for such a person then you are very wicked but that is how your roommates your family member that friend that is the friend who doesn't know Christ they are dead they are lost they are blind they are slaves of Satan but you have the gospel which can liberate them and bring them to life when you introduce them to Jesus just as he said to Lazarus Lazarus come out Jesus says to that soul come out and that friend who had been rebellious to Jesus who had been rebellious to God will arise and come out of their graves you have what it takes the gospel it is the power of God 
unto salvation for everyone who believes. Now, see their value. They are precious. See their helplessness. They are dead, lost, blinded, and enslaved. But finally, I want you to also see their destination. See their destination. Every soul who doesn't know Jesus has a destination in the lake of fire. If that doesn't move you, I read a story of a man who had closed from church one Sunday. And as they were going home, they needed to go over a bridge. But when they got there, they realized there was a man standing in the middle of the road and telling them to stop. Telling them to stop. The man's wife told him, why don't you just manage and move around him and let's go. Eventually, the, the pastor had to stop. He stopped and went down. And then he realized that the man was standing in the road because the bridge is broken. And if they had gone, they were going to plunge into their own death. Somebody stood in the way to stop them. Believers, the cross of Jesus Christ, the gospel is the roadblock from people going to hell. You have the gospel. And I pray that today you will unleash the gospel and stop someone from going into an eternal domination. You have what it takes. Our assignment here is to mount roadblocks to prevent people from going on the, on the broad way and going through the broad road. Anytime you preach the gospel, you lay a roadblock. Anytime you tell someone, Jesus loves you, you lay a roadblock. Anytime you tell someone, Jesus died for your sins, you lay a roadblock to prevent people from getting lost. But when you have seen all this, When you have seen people lost, it must, you know, sometimes when you hear people are lost, you quickly want to preach. That is not the biblical method. Do not talk to men for God until you have spoken to God for men. Intercession must always precede proclamation and preaching. The reason sometimes we fail in our soul winning is because we try to speak to men for God when we have not spoken to God for the souls of men. But this morning I pray that the spirit of prayer will rest upon you for a lost soul. I want to pray that God will give you a passion to travel for the souls of men. The Bible said in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 the heart is desperately wicked and evil. Ezekiel tells us every unbeliever has a heart of stone. What shall we pray? Pray that God will open their eyes to see the glory of Christ. Pray that God will remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Pray that God will open their heart to receive the gospel. Pray that God will give them eternal life to come alive. Pray that God will remove the blindfold of Satan. Pray. I heard a story of a man who was packed in a mall. A woman also came to pack and went into the mall. 
and when she came out she started driving and the man started driving after her the woman looked in her rearview mirror and realized that there was someone following her so she sped and the man also sped eventually the woman went into a, a filling station jumped out and started shouting that there is someone behind her who wants to harm her the man arrived got out went into the back of the woman's car opened it and pulled out someone who had hidden there to follow the woman home and go and do her harm this man who was following her is her savior no trying to save her but in her mind she saw her as a someone who wants to harm her an unbeliever thinks jesus comes into their life to kill their joy they do not know that is the savior of their souls but i pray that this morning as we pray for them the scales will fall out they'll begin to see that Jesus loves them and when we are prayed for them then we will preach the good news to them see pray preach vision intercession proclamation is a step to winning souls Friends, fear is false expectations appearing real. Many of the things you are afraid of, they will insult me. They may not talk to me. It will never happen. Many of them will never happen. So walk through your fears and preach to someone. Hallelujah. This morning, Where's the choir leader? Come. Get the mic. This morning, I've shown you that the reason Jesus came is to come for your soul. I've been praying for you since I got this invitation that no one under the sound of my voice will ever be lost but the decision is yours several years ago there was a, a guy who got angry and shot his friend as he were playing and he was arrested and sentenced to death he was in prison the community wrote a petition to the governor of the place and said this guy we don't know what came over him but we know him and we know that he is not like that please pardon him the governor decided I must go and find that out for myself whether he is the kind of person you are talking about so the governor dressed like an ordinary person and went to the prison he dressed like a preacher when he got there the police prison officer 
told the guy that there is a preacher here to see you and the guy said I'm tired of preachers I don't have any time for a preacher I don't want to hear any word of God tell him to go away the governor still wrote a note and begged him to allow him to see him but he left before he left he told the prison officer to tell the guy that the governor of the state was here to see him but he rejected him so he's gone when the guy heard that he wrote an apology letter to be presented to the governor begging, crying but the governor signed it and stamped no longer interested on the day they were going to kill the guy he said he had one thing to tell all people he said tell people I'm not dying because I am the worst of people I'm not dying because I am the, the, the most sinful person I am actually dying because I refused the pardon of the governor I refused the pardon of the governor no soul goes to hell because they are the most sinful no soul goes to hell because they are the most wretched because Jesus Christ that blood paid for you people go to hell because they reject the pardon of God for their lives and this morning Jesus is here with his hands open and saying I am here to give you pardon if you are here and your soul is not saved I want all of us to bow down our heads in humility in prayer if you are here and you are not sure you are saved if you are here and you are not sure you will spend eternity with Jesus if you are here and you cannot be assured of your salvation Jesus is here to give you eternal life wherever you are if that is you lift up your hand let me pray with you lift up your hand wherever you are God bless you my sister God bless you my brother wherever you are I will not ask you to come forward but I want you to stand up wherever you are if your hand is up God bless you my brother God bless you my brother my brother God bless you my sister God bless you Jesus is here to give you pardon all over Jesus is here to give you pardon Jesus is here to give you pardon in the name of Jesus Follow Jesus. I have decided. If you have decided this morning to follow Jesus, the door is still open. No turning back. The door is still open. Don't let anybody intimidate you. This morning, Jesus is here to give you pardon. You sense the Lord is saying you are part of the people I want to save today. You hear Jesus saying, I want to save you today. Rise up on your feet. The door is still open. The door is still open. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. You hear Jesus calling. You hear Jesus calling. Rise up on your feet.
I'm always amazed at the rich man who lived with Lazarus and went to hell. I was amazed that that man, when he went to hell, he was praying to Abraham. He was begging Abraham to send Lazarus to his family. You know, sometimes when you are in a bad situation and others are in the same situation with you, you like it. But this man was willing to endure isolation if the brothers can be saved. Hell is not created for you. So don't go there. Jesus is calling you this morning. Wherever you are. If this is the final call, if you are here and Jesus is calling you, please rise on your feet. Let's pray. Now, those of you up, please lift up your right hand with me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for my life. I thank you that you came to die for my soul. Lord Jesus, this morning I acknowledge that I am a great sinner, but that you are a great savior. Lord Jesus, save my soul. Wash me by your blood. Seal me by your Holy Spirit. And make me your own. And empower me to live to please you. All the days of my life. I ask this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. When we close, if you are sincere about this commitment, I want to meet you and talk to you briefly. Finally, if you are here and you say, Lord, I want to win a soul, but I don't know where to start from. Please give me passion, grace, and ability this morning. Wherever you are, rise up on your feet. Let me pray with you. Says yes, my soul says yes, says yes to your will. My soul says yes, says yes. Say, Heavenly Father. No one manufactures passion. You are the giver of passion. This morning, I avail my heart for the passion of the Lord Jesus for the soul. Oh God, this morning, fill me with zeal for souls let me see souls the way you see them give me boldness to speak to you souls for you thank you that it is done 
and I'll bring many to your saving knowledge in Jesus name Amen God bless you please take your seat my soul stays